0: Hi everyone, welcome to season two of the Asian Hustle Network podcast, where we interview Asian entrepreneurs and professionals around the world. And for this season, we're going to take our conversations deeper about our Asian identity and hustle stories.
1: We also want to announce that we are hosting our first ever Asian Hustle Network Uplifted Conference next spring in Las Vegas. For more info and to reserve your seats, check out our website at asianhustlenetwork.com. Don't forget to grab a copy of our recently released book, Uplifted Journeys of Abundance, Community, and Identity, which tells the personal stories of how 21 Asian American entrepreneurs are shifting culture. You can order it on our website as well.
0: Hey guys, welcome to the Asian Hustle Network podcast. My name is Brian. And my name is Maggie. And we interview Asian entrepreneurs around the world to amplify their voices and empower Asians to pursue their dreams and goals. We
1: believe that each person has a message and a unique story from their entrepreneurial journey that they can share with all of us. Welcome to the Asian Hustle Network podcast. Today we have a very special guest with us. His name is Drex Lee. Drex Lee is a serial entrepreneur. He is well known for his epic one-shot videos on Instagram and TikTok where he has amassed over 4.5 million followers in less than 1 year. From food stamps to gang violence, shootouts, trailer homes, massive debt to penthouse to five businesses to community leader to losing everything in the pandemic and coming back up again. Drex welcome to the show
2: it's a pleasure for me to be here i'm excited to join you guys for this very special uh podcast it's a very honor to have you on the podcast man we
0: we witnessed your growth over like the last two, three years, and it's been tremendous, right? And I think a lot of us can say that, man, Like you have that's an awesome life out there. Let's walk you through it, man. In the intro, Maggie mentioned that you know you grew up pretty rough neighborhood. Can we kind of touch
2: base on that real quick? Sure. I'm from the city of Stockton, California. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of that, but it's the 10th largest city in California. Uh, it's also the most diverse city in all of America, uh, statistically. So to say that when you walk around the streets of Stockton, you will never see two people but the same race walking together. That's how diverse it is. But because of that, we have a lot of minorities, right? We are a spot where a lot of refugees come through after war-torn countries and whatnot trying to escape violence, political violence, anything like that. They kind of, Stockton's like one of destination spots where to end up. And yeah, that means that, you know, we all come from pretty much the bottom as immigrants and, you know, being, especially for coming from war-torn countries, they don't really have anywhere to start out, right? So of course, low-income, low-income or no-income, welfare, food stamps, and all stuff like that kind of getting us through the system growing up. And I think that's the majority of Stockton people I think most Stockton people can relate being around all this, I guess I would say turmoil in Stockton is part of daily life. Right. And we're all so used to it that we just thought of it as normal. Right. So especially for someone like me, when I moved over to San Jose, I'm like, wow, this is like a really safe city. (laughs) Like I don't have to worry about, you know, getting shot at or, or straight bullets just flying everywhere, you know, like all the time. I mean, you might get one here and there occasionally, but Stockton's really just like, man, I, really just got to watch out so that's the kind of area we, we grew up in and i think just coming from stockton i think a lot of the Stockton people can relate with me is that because of the circumstances that we were uh, presented with it it didn't give us a lot of opportunities but the big opportunity that it gave us is the opportunity to hustle even harder to try to figure out how to make things like better where i guess normal would be what we see on tv because we don't know much outside of stockton because surrounding Stockton is all farmland <laughs> so you know but yeah that, that's kind of like um what i grew up with and yeah i'm still back there all the time so
1: yeah that's awesome i mean i don't know if a lot of people know but i told brian that jackson and i had met a while ago and that was, I don't I don't even know how long ago that was. That was a long time ago. It was like, it had to be more than like five years ago. I remember we met like, yeah, definitely I,
2: more than five years ago. Yeah. Then I was throwing parties in San Francisco yeah and mm-hmm. I haven't done that in like forever. So
1: yeah. And we could definitely dive into that too, if you want to, but you know, sure. Drex used to be in the nightlife industry and I would always see Drex. He was just like a straight hustler. That was like the first impression that I had of you when I had first met you, you were just like a straight up entrepreneur. You knew exactly what you wanted to do, and you were just working so hard. And you were telling me a lot about Stockton. And even though I was born and raised in the Bay Area, I had never really gone out there too much, you know? And, you know, I knew of Stockton, but I didn't know what was out there. But you always kind of like hyped it up. You said, you know, you had a lot of businesses out there, you were doing a lot out there. And it's really interesting hearing your perspective of like how you grew up and, you know, the communities that you grew up in and and why you hustled so hard. So I want to know like where you kind of got this entrepreneurial mindset and personality and like what made you kind of go out there and do so many things for, for your business and be so entrepreneurial?
2: I'm i uh, I'm glad you brought that up. Cause you know, I feel like I'm Stockton's number one hype man, right? <laughs> I'm like Stockton's ambassador, right? Everyone <laughs> oh, yeah. was talking about Stockton, Stockton, Stockton sure. you know, because we are such a, such a underrepresented city, you know, that I was, that I'm always like, you gotta hear about this. You gotta know about this. This is, you know, what it's like. And, you know, I think this is how we're going to come up, you know, and um yeah, I'm surprised that you were saying, oh, you thought I was, you know, a hustler a straight business. That's great. As long as you didn't think I was a drunk. So. <laughs> yeah, So like, You know, I, I love having a good time. Every time I meet people, I'm always wanted, wanting to show people a good time, you know, always having a good time with drinks and whatnot, getting people in, just all about having a good time. And I, I believe that in business or in, I connect business with life very closely. We're like, you have to have a good life, you know, and you have to run a good business. You got to inject all your values of your life into your business. Right? So I just like having a good time. So when I do business, I love having a good time. So with that being said, you know, at the time I was doing a lot of parties, I was doing about three parties a week. Right. And you know, Throwing a party isn't easy when you're trying to pack the place. You know what I mean? And it's hard when you're the only one doing it. You know what I mean? So when I say it's my party, I didn't have any promoters under me. <laughs> so, you know, I had three parties a week and then I did it for about t- almost 10 years. That's a very long time. <laughs> Consecutively, every single week, right? And I probably only had about, you know, out of three parties a week, how many weeks during in a year? Like 52, 150 parties a year. You know, that's a lot. That's like <laughs> crazy. These are club parties right? Yeah, 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 these are my club parties. And then I'll, you know, I do concerts and stuff like that. You know, these networking events, et cetera, on top of having my, of course, my restaurant, my gym, my cafe, you know, on top of my main, main business, which is my film business, right? Where (laughs) I would do about 20 videos a week, you know, for clients, right? So they range from like everything, right? Nike, Adidas, Hennessy, all this stuff like that, you know, just creating the, uh, the videos for them, mostly social media based. And yeah, just trying to figure out how to balance all that. And the question you asked was, how did I get the entrepreneurial students, uh, spirit to do it? And I guess back to the point of how I connect having a great life with having a great is I just love having fun with it, right? So making videos is like my main thing. I, I just love making videos, right? It's like my, as an artist, as a, as a visionary, right? That's what we see. We see something, we want to make it, we shoot it, we edit it, we create it. And, you know, when I worked with businesses and stuff like that, how do I bring their vision to life, you know, and how do I connect my vision with that one? So one of the main things was what I felt like was the businesses didn't hire me because they thought that that I was a good video guy. I think they hired me for the vision and the story I'm able to tell with it, right? So I think that's one of the main things that as a filmmaker, that that's what they brought me on for. And in terms of restaurant, I love, you know, eating healthy food, cooking, Uh, I love doing all that. And then I also wanted a spot to where how I could invest in my hometown of uh, my city of Stockton. So that's where I built my first restaurant and uh, I didn't know what I was doing. I was never opened a restaurant before, so I kind of went, it took me a a long time, but you know, I did a lot of things myself, YouTube a lot of it. How do I, how do I put up walls? How do I put in flooring? You know what I mean? I hired a few contractors here and there to help me out. Of course, you know, it took a very long time to get that. One going but then you know after i got that going i wanted a place to where i could bring uh, local artists like myself to come and connect network and then basically have a, a help a, a guidance to help blow them up right artists whether it be from you know painting music to all that in one spot which was Superfish pokey and tea my first restaurant in stockton and then i got really into I mean, I've always been to fitness, but then after I started working with a lot of fitness businesses, companies and helping them expand and grow the whole revolution of like hit fitness, I decided to open my own and then found a partner and then opened that up and then right away opened up another cafe. (laughs) Like literally like six months after that. But yeah, all that. And then of course, going back to the other business of nightclubs is that I love having fun and I love taking care of the people that love to have a good time. So, you know, the way I say it is that I used to be the guy at the back of the line that couldn't get in <laughs> you know when i first turned 21 i'm like oh man this sucks so you know friends couldn't get in so you know so i'm like okay how do i get myself to the point where you know i still have a great time i'll still get my friends in get myself in and yeah you know became a party thrower <laughs> i already had the most epic college parties so might as well do at the club. Brought up DJs that, you know, that gave DJ, new DJs a shot, gave them a chance and then now they're big. You know what I mean? So just really curating, helping them curate their careers and uh, also just having a, a great place for me and my friends to hang out or my clients to hang out, whatever, you know, just having a great time. At the end of the day, everything's all about having a great time, right? At the at the fitness studio, I was a coach, you know, at the restaurant, I was in the back creating the recipes and chefing and it up. You know what I mean? At the clubs, I was pouring the bottles <laughs> and during the day, you know i'm you know directing films editing so why can't you do direct sounds <laughs> like you're like doing everything dude
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah i mean I just, like you know like you said right just having a great time doing it if you know i saw something i was like you know what i'm gonna try it out you know and i go ahead and do it. and you know of course these things aren't cheap right so if you're gonna do it you gotta be fully invested you know what i mean you gotta go all the way so the way i thought of it is like you know what money comes and goes so i might have lost money and I failed a lot. I tried to do much different businesses. They all failed, but it's fine, you know, because you only truly fail if you don't learn anything from it. You know what I mean? It's a win no matter what if you learn something from it and you're able to grow from that. So I failed a lot and not everything I did was a success right away. You know what I mean? So... You know and as I was telling you, you know, I was living in a trailer home like 10 years ago, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like renting a room from a trailer home, so you know, there's almost nothing in the bank. So, all the businesses I opened up, I had to front with all cash, you know, what I mean, because you can't get a loan as a first time business owner, you know. So, basically, I worked and worked my ass off and then got used up everything I had and put it into a business. And then, whether it failed or not, whatever, as least <laughs> I tried right so
1: yeah oh my gosh yeah I just want to say like oh and for the record I never thought you were like some like just random drunk when I had first met you like you can tell from between someone who's just like trying to have fun on the weekends and you know partying every weekend versus someone who's actually like seeing it from a business aspect. And I could always, always see that you were seeing it from a business aspect because, you know, you were creating your own name in Stockton, right? That was one thing. And then when you moved to San Jose, like any anytime that I had connected with someone in San Jose, they'd be like, Oh, have you heard of Jax? Like he's a really great connection, you know? And so everyone knew of you and you were really like building this, this legacy of this empire for yourself. And I love how you mentioned that, like you make sure that you're having fun doing what you love. Like if you love the nightlife, you love, you know, how having fun you love you know being creative being in the film industry that's what you wanted to do and then you love food you went into restaurants even though you didn't have experience in there fitness like you just went straight into the gym create opening up a gym like that is just amazing he has no and fear no fear at all yeah
2: the only thing to fear is the fear itself.
1: <laughs> That's amazing. It. I mean, yeah, of course. I mean, just building so many businesses, obviously you mentioned you failed a lot of times, right? And I think a lot of us don't see those failures because especially as Asians, like there's this whole like saving face thing. We never want to talk about our failures. But a lot of us don't see, you know, all of the things that didn't become successful. So what was like the most challenging thing for you, creating all of those businesses, starting them up from, the, from ground zero? And what was going through your mind at the time for businesses that didn't become
0: successful? How do you balance everything? I, I feel like you're so good at, at section off your time because every time I see you post TikTok, it's like mm-hmm. in the a.m.s, right? Like 5 a.m., 6 a.m. I'm like, damn, like, that's crazy. Like, what does he even edit or even film this new or it? Because in my mind, is like, I understand you're so damn busy, but how do you section off your day to fit everything that you do?
2: It's, it's a lot of, a lot of things that you do actually. Hey, that, that's a really good question. So, you know, when I was uh, in college, when I first got into college, I took three classes at San Jose state and then I thought I was overwhelmed. I was like, fuck, this is too much work. Oh man. I don't have time for anything. And then, it was only three classes, right? At the time I, I didn't understand. So it wasn't until, um, I got into my fraternity that one of my um, teachers taught me that you know what if you just cut out all the stuff in your life that doesn't push you further then you would have a lot of time for a lot of things so cut out the tvs cut out the just hanging out on your phone or just texting scrolling through stuff cut out all that stuff then you'll realize you have a lot of time so I tried it the next semester I took eight classes took on a part-time and got very involved in my uh, fraternity and through all that i was able to handle it i'm like wow this really works so i kept that mentality for well all up until now right and you know sometimes you're feeling like man i'm tired i don't want to do anything well you can't think like that you gotta just be like all right well, let's go so you know what i mean like you you said, hey drex you post like at 6 a.m in the morning what the fuck like and then you're like Drex, you like you, you were just talking to me like at 3 a.m last night you know <laughs> like, you know why how do you do that well wake up and be like, well, time to go. (laughs) You know what I mean? Because the more time I spend not doing anything is the more time that you waste. Right. And you can always make money, but the one thing you can never get back is time. Right. You can never get back yesterday. You can never get back this morning. You know what I mean? So maximize all the little time you have. And it sounds kind of crazy, but I have this thing where like the older you get, the time, the faster the time goes, right? Like when we were like in fifth grade, one year took forever. Right. One day took forever. You know what I mean? That's why you see kids is like swinging their feet around and like fucking they're hella bored because time is going by so slow for them. While for us every hour is like, where did that hour go? You know what I mean? So, you know, when we're like 50 years old, one year, is only one of our lifespan. You know what I mean? So it's going to go by so fast. So how do we maximize our time to where we never waste it to where we never look back and we're like, man, I wish I had the time for that but you did but you didn't use it so that's the way I kind of think of it and you know And of course, you know, it's hard to sustain the older you get, the more you move, you know what I mean? Like it's harder to get up. It's harder to, you know, uh, do more physical stuff and more brain power is tough. Right. So the important thing is to keep yourself healthy. Right. Take, you know, I I take a lot of vitamins, you know what I mean? I exercise daily, you know, these are things that keep me going. Right. So you ask like, Hey, how many, how many hours you get asleep? Right. To be honest, I have no idea. (laughs) Sometimes if I need a knockout, I'm just, all right, time to go, man, let's go. You know? So yeah, it's just always about maximizing your time and don't waste any of it even if you're just sitting around just like staring at the wall you're like no nah, don't do that get moving you know what i mean yeah just do something you know what i mean push keep pushing yourself every second that you're alive because the last thing you want is a wasted life or waste the time in your life whatever works but yeah spoken like a true hustler man i couldn't i could put it in better words <laughs> so
0: i mean you're doing so much already it's very very impressive Just hearing everything that you say in your mentality i can see why you've been so successful at everything that you've done so far we can't wait to see what you're going to do next and i i know we talked earlier on the phone or like a couple of weeks before, but you didn't want to talk about your social media. So I really, really want to give you credit for that too, because we watch your growth on TikTok. Go to 4.5 million at the time of this recording, I'm pretty sure by the time this comes out, it's like 5.5 million. I just don't down my body, you know. In, in the next couple of weeks or so. Yeah, man, just, just watching your growth has been tremendous. How have you been leveraging your new found ultra influence to to make your city better, to help the people around you, to uplift the community? Because I realized that with you, it's like you're not selfish as a person at your core, right? You always like to involve people. And for your listeners, like Drex gave us tickets to various concerts because, you know, he gets sponsored by them. And we found it very generous of you to do that, not just for us, but their other friends. But you also notice the fact that you, you don't hoard the influence yourself. You always spread it to other people, other businesses, other cities to help the community. Can you can you talk a little bit about that, about how you've been leveraging that influence to, to make essentially the world a better place?
2: Sure, sure, sure. I mean, you know, to be honest, like my social media stuff, is especially regarding like TikTok, you know, it's just really showing how to do things without you know you don't need crazy as as a filmmaker that you don't need crazy equipment to achieve epic results right cinematic results right and, you know, I show by doing it with my cell phone. But in regards to how am I using that influence to enhance the, the world I believe in <laughs> is that, that, to be honest, that, that's up for grabs. You know what I mean? I am working on a few projects that uh, especially I'm working with a really, I'm working on a really huge project that I'm not quite sure I'm allowed to talk about yet. But I did mention that it is going to be my Hollywood directorial debut, you know, and that's going to have a major impact on um, mental health and minority impact on how to, you know, address certain issues in um, in the minority community. What I mean by um, Hollywood directorial debut is that is being backed by big Hollywood producers and also starring major Hollywood stars, actors. So, you know, and I was very fortunate to be tapped to direct this project, you know, and I think it's going to be a, a huge bridge between a lot of minority cultures and the issues that affect us because in a lot of minority cultures, we, there, there are certain issues that are majorly underrepresented, such as you know mental health and all that stuff like that. Because as we see, especially in Asian culture, we do not like to show that there might be something wrong with us. You know what I mean? And especially when it comes to mental health, like if we look at pop culture, the only people that really seek mental health, mental health help is Caucasians. You know what I mean? Asian Americans, you know, Latinos, you know, African Americans, any other minorities, they have such a hard time, like going to seek mental health. You know what I mean? So I think with this being said, you know what I mean? That's a project I'm working on right now. And that's, you know, we're going to start production soon. And it'll probably be released by the end of the year holy smokes congratulations man we're looking definitely looking forward yeah. to that and it does so much for
0: the community already so i feel like you keep pressuring you to tell us more but we don't want to do that right you want to wait for the surprise you want to yeah. violate
2: any kind of contracts oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah i mean you know there's, there's a lot of issues that i'm gonna start you know oh, there's a lot of stories i want to tell about you know certain communities such as like the homeless crisis right yeah like stockton we you know our, our homelessness like went up like 10 times in the past like five years you know what i mean and like you know i hired homeless people i've seen people descend from like college educated to homeless to you know mentally not being able to hold a job anymore you know what i mean like i've cool. seen all that person yeah personal people to me you know people i see in the street you know what i mean because we have a lot of misconceptions about homeless people and you know how wh- why they are in the, in the situation they're in you know what i mean and you know how to get out right and one of the main things that affected me in this because you know not only do i live in downtown san jose we're pretty much surrounded by them (laughs) but also you know in the city of stockton i helped this guy named kevin lincoln become mayor in 2020 and uh his dad was homeless and you know was able to recover and everything like that and then Like I said, Stockton has a huge, you know, if you drive down Stockton, it just looks like a a war torn country. Like that's how it looks like in in certain parts because of the homelessness, right? Because of makeshift shelters. Right. That's 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 why it looks like that. Right. So I think situations like that, you know, those are the stories I kind of want to tell and, you know, be able to put in in, in a really dramatic story where like you're not watching a documentary. You know what I mean? You're watching a movie that relates to that you know what I mean and we be able to kind of let you see a different perspective of how you know these certain situations are through the lens of a storyteller filmmaker so
1: that's super powerful and i completely understand what you're saying because i grew up in San Francisco so San Francisco is like one of the you know worst cities that has a really really big homeless problem and there's a lot of homeless people that have become entrepreneurs right and they just need to kind of like get out of the situation that they're in but because of the systems that we have in place right now they're just you know stuck in those situations for the most part and i love that you're kind of like giving them opportunities and you're talking about this this whole mental health homeless situation because especially in the Asian community, there's such a big stigma about it. And if we don't talk about it, you know, it's always just going to be kept under the rug and there's really no not going to be any changes to it. So I love that you're kind of like using your influence to bring up these causes and raising awareness and building more representation for minorities as well. So just lots of props to you. Jax.
2: Thank you. And, you know, that's why I work with a lot of political leaders. And then, you know, because they're the ones that make the laws. Right. <laughs> and, you know, they're the ones that's going to really affect change. So I feel like as much as we want to out there and do stuff like is nothing's really going to change unless we get our elected leaders to really put the laws in place to kind of you know or give us like the resources to help them you know what i mean because as individuals we can only do so much right but you know with a whole city behind us we could do so much more
0: definitely man i
2: really appreciate you doing
0: that for the community and really shining upon a lot of issues that are very hard to talk about. And a lot of influencers are not doing that. So I'm really glad that you are standing out regarding that side. But right now I want to change the subject a bit and talk about something not so Asian. I want you to flex. Tell us about how your life has changed over the last year or so. Because we see you take pictures of all these alien celebrities, go to all these cool events. And we want you to flex as hard as you can for the next 10 minutes because you want to hear all about your journey So in the last year or so. <laughs>
2: So within the last year, as you guys know, the pandemic hit and it, I was telling you about my businesses and as you know, all those businesses are really social based, right? So because of the pandemic, they all had to shut down, right? And then I'll be honest, I lost a lot of them. You know, I, I, I tried my best to keep trying to save them and, you know, but because of the you know, predicament that we're in and also the economic situation and because of the cities that I have those businesses and they're never going to come back. Right. So I had to put my focus on something different. You know, I'm still challenge myself to how do I, how do I create something so epic about resources? Right. And you mentioned now that I'm hanging out with a lot of, you know, a-listers and stuff like that, you know, but I've always kind of been like that though. You know what I mean? Like I've always been making videos for them. The, diff- the only difference is that now over the past year pandemic really shut down all my businesses because all my businesses were social based. And because of the situation that we're in, like the, such as the, economic situation as well as like COVID and all that stuff like that. I I had to put all my energy away from that because no matter how hard I tried to save it, it just couldn't be saved. Right. And so I had to put my energies in other places where I do things with as little resources as possible, being crafty, which was what I always done, right? I never really raised money for any any of my projects, so you know, it's always just been me, you know, how do I lose everything and come back from it, right? And I guess that's been the story in my life, right? I keep losing everything and then keep trying to coming back up and try to see how I'm doing, how to make it better, right? And which has been a success, like I mentioned earlier, it doesn't matter how you, you know, you don't really truly fail unless you don't learn anything, right? So I try to learn everything after every single a failure that I have or every single project. And I contribute a lot of what has happened in the past year to just being able to grind it out right? I challenged myself, can I make a dope video every single day, right? And that's what I did. We're about, we're almost two years into the pandemic, right? And aside from opening a business on top of that, Tiger Milk Boba during the pandemic, you know, how do I keep doing it, right? More faster, more efficiently, more better, more better ideas, right? So I've always been making videos. But the difference now is that I'm in front of the camera. So I'm a personality in front of the camera, right? So that's the difference now, right? You can love my videos all, all, all you want, but then you know, there's just gonna be another video unless there's a personality in it that you really like to follow, which is me because I put myself in front of it, right? So with that being said, you know, now People see me and they're like, "Oh wow, I love the way you you make these videos, right? I love the way you know." I have people coming up to me all the time and are like, "Yo!" And they always do the, you know, they always grab the phone. And they're like, "Oh, dude, you're," the- <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah, they're like, "Oh man, I love it." So you know, it's dope seeing that, right? Versus before, I didn't know what I did behind the camera. I could make a dope video, and they're like, oh, "Okay, that's cool." Versus now, they're like, "Whoa, that's how they did it," you know what I mean? So you know, it really showed the people, my contacts and everything like that, you know, but not just that, further reaching outside of just the, um, you know, the celebrity circle and the client circle to more into like the, you know, people, regular people, right? People that just watch, right? They're more like, okay, wow, Drex, I, I love what you do, right? Versus before it was always like my, you know, people that were potential clients were like, Drex, man, I love what you do, right? But now it's like everybody. So, you know, just putting the face to the product, I guess it's kind of like how, you know, it kind of grew. So I guess, yeah, that, that's that's kind of what what happened. Just putting, just putting the face to the product and just being a personality in front of it.
1: I love that. I mean, yeah, I definitely can see because like compared to your your videos before, You were rarely in them. I I probably saw you in like a few from your when you were in like the nightlife industry, but you also had to promote your business through there too, right? But compared to before, you weren't in a lot of you weren't in a lot of videos before, but now it's like the personality piece. Now that people can see that you're using just like a regular phone camera and like that they can do the same thing that you can and you're showing them exactly how to do it like it's not impossible like anyone can do this and yeah. you're kind of showing them like a step by step i think that's what makes people so like all inspired and they're like whoa did you see like the video that drex put out like you know let's try to do that too right and so
2: I heard that you can edit videos really really quickly like un- <laughs> ungodly fast oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah um, I, mean, I mean i think that's like the um, important thing right where people want to be inspired right you can make the right. dopest video all you want right but they'll just be like oh that's cool and then how do you get them to be inspired right and, and that's what i've always been doing right how, how do i inspire other business uh, you know people how do i inspire you know you to do this or you do that you know what i mean so inspiration has always been our biggest thing and then you know I guess me being in front of the camera, showing how I do it will be considered a lot of people's secret sauce, right? Which you don't really want to show, you know what I mean? Because that's your secret. That's your, that's what makes you, you You know what I mean? But I think more importantly is that you want to show you want to inspire other people to do the same right so i'm not necessarily giving away my secret Well, i guess that is a secret but i mean like you know it's really like how do i get them i didn't i had no idea how much how many people i would inspire you know what i mean because if you hashtag my name drexley you'll see people all around the world, thousands of posts of people doing the same thing i'm doing you know if you look at the each video i put out like cause i put out a video every single day and then you get hundreds of comments you know thousands of shares you know what i mean and like people tagging me my dms get like about two three five hundred messages a day i can't keep up you know but a lot of people ask hey Drex, are you really the one responding back to every single comment because you respond back to every single comment and i'm like yeah that's actually me you know what i mean because i look at it like this right like if i was messaging you know the rock right and then he and then he commented back. I'm like, oh shit, yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the way I look at it. Where like, you know what, I do read my comments. You know what I mean. I don't really read the DMs though because. You know, it's too much, you know, but I read every single comment. So, you know, and I see all the people I inspire and, you know, when they hashtag me or when they tag me or I even see other creators, you know what I mean? Doing that epic one shot, you know what I mean? Even if I don't get credited, it's okay. You know what I mean? Like I still, you know, I'm like, damn, that's tight. You know what I mean? Like that's super dope, you know? So just, I think having a, I think the more important thing is creating and popularizing your own thing right because i don't know if you guys remember when i first started doing the epic one shot 99% of the comments were haters <laughs> talking yeah. so much shit about, you know, oh, monkey do this my three-year-old could do this, this is making me dizzy I'm gonna throw up, you <laughs> know what I mean? You know what I mean? It was crazy and then um, you know, now it's like, you know, anyone any any of the big publishers that put it out, you know, only 50% of people say that, the other 50% would be the people supporting me. I'm like, whoa, this is crazy right? So I think popularizing it is is completely you know, revolutionary, you know, because they say that they'll never call you a trailblazer until you blaze the trail right you're always going to be the one that everyone's gonna hate on until you uh you know you make you you make it so that they love it you know what i mean your followers outgrow the haters yeah. you know what i mean and i think you know it's like that now you know where like you know I, I still get a lot of haters but you know the new film that i'm working on is literally gonna be in the style of my one shot so yeah well
1: that's amazing i mean no matter what they, you do uh, you're always going to get haters, you know, like and that oh, kind of shows that for sure. you're doing something right. You know, you have to be doing something well, right.
2: I think the more important thing when you have haters is that you have something to show for it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. Cause
2: they, they can hate on you and then you don't have nothing to show for it. They're probably right. <laughs>
1: yeah. And <laughs> like Ryan I mean? said, it's like, you are the type of person who doesn't like keep everything to himself. And I noticed like right. And I noticed that you respond to a lot of the comments and if they ask any questions about like the phone you're using, what settings you're using, you answer each and every single one of them. So I love that you're so you know open about that. What do you think are like some of the things that you learn from your past ventures and experiences that you applied to what you're doing now? Because like you mentioned, you had so many businesses and so many things that you were working on, but obviously some of them had failed right? And I'm sure you learned a lot throughout that process. And Brian and I, we always say that people who are successful today, it's not because, you know, a lot of the times it's not because they became successful overnight. It's because of all the years that they put in, in the past five to 10 years, everything that they learned, everything that they failed on, that they were able to accumulate and apply it to what they're doing today. So what would you say are like the couple things that you had really learned and had a lesson on? In your past experience that you're able to like see all this growth right now.
2: I think one of the main things that I learned a lot from is being able to not let anything get to you right? I used to let things get to me way too easily, be a little hot-headed, you know what I mean, back then. And every little thing would kind of trip me off or whatnot. And I had to learn how to let go, you know, of all that, you know, haters and all that stuff like that. You know what I mean? People that borrow money from you and never return it. You know what I mean? And like, you know, people that just say some you know, stupid to you. And then, you know what I mean? Uh, Being able to let go all of that and just be able to, you know, see if you could open up a better side of them. You know what I mean? And look at all things as much as possible in a positive way, right? Even if they're not going to end up being positive, but at least it'll be a lot better than if you looked at it as in a negative way. And like you said, with my businesses, right? I kind of just went gung-ho, just went boom, just went right in, right? Like, is it going to be successful? I don't know. (laughs) You know what I mean? So like, you know, like I said, I got to look at it very optimistically, right? So even when like, you know, haters, you know, leave, you know, say stupid shit to me, I, you know, I say something back in a very positive way. And I also learned a lot from that uh, replying back to Yelp reviews. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because, you know, most of the time they say, you know, most of the time people that write a review, they're probably going to be writing something bad because if you think something good, you're not going to write about it. But if you think something pisses you off, you're going to write about it, right? So you have to learn how to write something positive positive even though if you lost that customer forever but because other people are reading it right so you want to have that you want to come off as you know very very nice very understanding so i think the important thing is understanding and i still get this right people you know being in the club too like you know you work with a lot of dumb people you know what i mean <laughs> that like you know pissed. you know they get kicked out the club whatever they get too drunk whatever they're gonna say some stupid stuff to you right and then you gotta know how to handle that understand oh they're drunk or they're pissed off or whatever like that you understand the situation Situation, right? And actually, a lot of times that people leave really bad comments on my thing, you know, I would say something nice to them, you know, and then sometimes like ah, about five percent would apologize, and but like, yo, sorry, I was having a bad day, right? But at least you got those five percent, you know what I mean? And you know that's better than zero percent. So I look at it everything in like you know percentages, right? If you know I'm gonna sell a million dollar you know boba cup, and like you know there's a billion people in the world, all I need is like point zero one percent people to buy it, <laughs> you know what I mean? And I, I guess the more important thing is just looking at how these situations are you you make up these situations that haven't happened yet and then you try to find answers for those even if those problems don't come up you find solutions for them so even if there's a similar problem that comes up to them you have a solution to kind of help guide you through that problem so yeah kind of have like a rough roadmap not definitely a pos- a, a straight one but at least you have a rough guideline of how you will see these problems or issues yeah i mean that's a really good approach
0: i think like two negatives to make situation worse but the way that you handle it especially as a leader as an owner shows your. You don't know who's reading your comment, right? It shows like, oh man, this guy's really level headed. you create a positive attitude as you walk into your restaurant, your business, whatever you do. So, as you know, as we're creating Asian house Network and building it, that is probably the best approach. So, 100% agree with you, Drex. But I have a
2: question. I mean, even in the streets, right? Like, yeah, if they say something stupid, you're in the streets, you're, you're gonna, in person, you'll be like, hey, you know what i mean what's wrong you know what I mean? like you yeah. know, you know but, hey screw you man you know like I mean, some you know, do that. <laughs> you gotta be you know really level-headed and under- you yeah, have yeah some people do that but you know if you want to like i said you connect business and life together right yeah. and how you approach it you know Absolutely. so have fun doing it and yeah what's your question uh,
0: i guess like you're doing so much and as you mentioned earlier like you take the time to respond to comments and everything And you're creating a movie on mental health. How do you take care of your own mental health and find the balance where this is Drek's time and this is where Drex needs to relax? How do you find that balance?
2: I'll be completely honest with you. I, I'm not gonna lie. I did fall into a little depression when the pandemic hit. Cause when they were like, oh, two weeks closed. All right, that's fine. Oh, four weeks now. Okay. Oh, two months? Uh, <laughs> uh, how are we handling this? So I did kind of go into like a little, little breakdown, but my whole thing was always to be positive, no matter what, you know what I mean? And during the pandemic, not gonna lie, that was really, really hard. But I mean, you know, having, you know, bills to pay and not be, you know, I fell into a quarter million dollars in debt. Cause I just opened up these three businesses, brick and mortar businesses. So I had to like, you know, everyone's payroll as well as, you know, all the equipment and all that stuff like that inventory. So I'm like, holy crap, how much was get out of this? Right. I also had a bunch of new, uh, you know, a night market plan, like already like, you know, pretty set for that, you know, with 300 vendors and two car shows and a concert that whole all in one that June. So, you know, I think the most important thing is to, you know, yeah, just gotta, you know, never look at things in a negative way and just always look at things in a, Super positive way, and and that's the only way to do it. You know what I mean. And these problems are gonna come across because once you start going negative, then then you know it's gonna be really tough to go back from. So mental health really important too. Yeah, and even when I think about it, right, I'm like, how do I keep myself from that, right? So that's what I'm doing right now. Uh, Just really trying to stay positive in every single way. You know,
1: it's hard. It's definitely hard to be positive as a small business owner is an entrepreneurs, especially during the pandemic, you no, know, obviously a lot of us were struggling, but I, Brian and I can definitely see, you know, you have gone through so much and you know, with so many businesses, you're still able to see the light at the end of the tunnel just because you are staying positive. And sometimes that's all we need to do, right? If we don't believe in ourselves, then no one else will. And we're the only person who can really push ourselves to continue to stay positive. So I love that you shared that. Um, okay, so Drex, we have one last question for you and And that is, if you could give an advice to an aspiring entrepreneur, what would that one advice be?
2: The best advice I could give a a upcoming entrepreneur is to always look at the bright side, never give up and look at all the people that have done it before you and try to emulate what they're doing, learn from it. And um, yeah, don't look back. Just go, just push and just get it.
1: I love it. It's like when you're reciting that, it's like it almost sounds like poetry, but that is totally, <laughs> totally what, what Drex would say. But I love it. And thank you so much for that advice. For all of our listeners, we would love for you to share where we can find more about you and all of your businesses online.
2: Yeah. So you can just on all social media platforms, it is Drex Lee. Just D R E X L E E at Drex Lee. And yeah. YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. Find me there. And uh, you know, I, I look forward to collaborating with you guys a lot more, working with the HN, one of my favorite, favorite networks, because of the founders that have done such an incredible job at curating the content and creating to what it is today.
1: Thank you so much, Drex. It was amazing having you on our show and we're so grateful to be able to learn about your story.
2: Thanks so much. Hey guys, we hope you enjoyed
0: this episode. Please subscribe to the show.
1: We would like to get to the top 10 on iTunes, so be sure to leave us a five-star review. We release an episode every single Wednesday, so stay tuned.
0: Thank you guys so much.